Hey friends, it's Candy Barone. Welcome to the show. So let me ask you, are you ready to say yes to yourself? Are you ready to live your life lit and lead your living legacy? Then you stopped at the right place. Buckle up because here we go. It's about to get raw, real, unscripted, unfiltered, and we're about to jump down some amazing rabbit holes. Let's do this, y'all. Let's get aligned as fuck. Hey, it's Candy once again. Welcome back to the show. I want to continue a conversation from the last podcast episode about why the question we tend to ask kids, which is what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do, um, is not the most effective question and how we can flip the script or flip the frame to ask questions that are going to actually help open up and activate them more. And if you remember, and for those of you that didn't listen to the episode, I encourage you to go back, uh, but I will summarize for just a moment what I was talking about in the in the first part of this discussion and it was around why that question what do you want to be when you grow up doesn't serve if you think about what it implies and on a subconscious oftentimes unconscious level um it, it, there's a, there's an underlying current of what do you want to be when you grow up meaning you're not somebody of value now and so there's this the this dismissive um almost um sort of I don't know, looking down on patronizing, condescending tone that underlies that question when we say, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's this space of, well, you're obviously not something now. You've got to grow into being this, this thing, or you need to accomplish and achieve and do something that warrants you worthy of having space to be seen. And, and so the other thing that I talked about in last episode was this notion of children need to be seen and not heard, which I heard all growing up, especially from my dad. And again, why we're missing opportunities there. If you think about the fact that there's such genius that that kids come in with this very inquisitive, wide open, expansive way to see the world. They can see things that oftentimes we have dumbed ourselves down as adults, or we have gotten very myopic in our lens because we, 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 our peripheral gets smaller. If you think about it, um, our peripheral actually starts to shrink about the, the world at large and what's possible. And we forget how to tap into our imagination and children are brilliant in that space. And oftentimes we're not giving them an opportunity to help us see things that make Maybe we're stuck in the middle of the forest, cutting down the trees, shucking out the wood, and we can't see beyond um, the length of our nose, right? I mean, I'm using some of these old cliches and things like that. He can't see it to the end of his nose. I think about what children bring in terms of a fresh, wide open, expansive perspective. And so what I wanted to do is I was kind of tossing around and turning a bit last night. And I was thinking about how I offered a couple ways to change the frame so that we could ask questions that would be more open, would be more from a place of curiosity and, and to explore and to tap into their imagination. And I realized that I didn't fully lean into that space to offer questions that might serve better than what I personally believe to be one of the dumbest questions we ask, which is, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's not the question that we should ask our children. I really feel that we have an opportunity to tap into something bigger. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a moment today as part two of the conversation and lean into what would be some of those questions that might be a better way to engage with our kids. It might be a better way to tap into their innate genius. It might be a better way to like explore the possibilities as we see it from their imagination and from this infinite play space, right? And so I think about what those questions might be. So instead of saying or asking, what do you wanna be when you grow up or what do you wanna do? I'd offer you to consider these questions instead. 
so that when you're sitting around, whether it's even, you know, another adult, but it's particularly with our children, I think the opportunity is to say, what lights you up right now? Like what excites you? What feels fun? What feels like a rabbit hole you want to go down? Like, what are you curious about? And so oftentimes I, I, I think we project this notion of, you know, you've got to accomplish these things. And it's interesting. I'm about to jump on a podcast and, and have a discussion around success and, and the definition of a success. And what does that really mean? And we have it all backwards. We think success is tied to how much shit we get done. We think it's tied to how much stuff we do, what we accomplish, all of the accolades, the awards, the the, the the quantity of crap we can push out or produce. When our real metric of success is, what's the level of impact you can have in the world? What's the way you are showing up and being present? Are you in a place to intentionally lead your living legacy? And I think about kids. And, and like I mentioned in the last episode, I take a lot of my content into a elementary school that has got a very entrepreneurial mindset. My friend, Debbie Elder, runs the school. She's freaking brilliant in this space. And these kids can teach back what I, what I, what I, what I talk about. Right. And they bring these concepts and ideas and, oh my gosh, they help me expand some of my training. I really think they're my little like posse of brain power. Sometimes they help me think differently. They ask such brilliant questions. And so I think about how we as adults could lean in and ask better questions with them. And so I think about questions such as, what are you curious about? What do you find interesting? What's fun for you today? What are the things you want to learn more about? Who are the people you want to help in this lifetime? Where do you see a need? And here's the thing. We forget that we think, oh, this is these are questions far beyond children. That's not true. I've sat down with four-year-olds and asked these questions five-year-olds. Now, they might not be able to language it in our adult language, but they sure can answer these questions and they know how to engage in this conversation. When you ask them what they want to play with, what do they think about? What do they dream about? What, what you know, who, who where do they see... Um, you know, people in need in the world, like, what do they see? You can even ask them, what do you see in the world right now? What is, what is, what is it you see? What are you curious about? What are um, the things that like you think about, or you dream about, or you color about, or um, what shows are interesting to you? What games are interesting to you? When you start to understand what grabs their attention, you start to understand sort of how they're wired and you start to see the path of where there might be possibilities to help them open up access to explore more. And I think about our role as an adult is to, and, and I think about, it's kind of similar to the way I, I look at coaching. I always tell people there's really three things I do as a coach and that's it. Um, Aside from if you've ever seen the Bob Newhart skit where he's like, stop it. I feel like I do that a lot. Um, I just do it in different language. But the thing that I do with clients, and, and I tell people all the time, a good coach does really three things. One, I am a mirror. I am able to hold up, hold a space, create a container, hold a space for my clients where I can help them see into the reflection of who they truly are right now and what they say what they say they want and what they're currently doing. So I help them see the incongruencies. I help them reflect back what they say is important. I'm, I'm ultimately a mirror. I, I, I give them an opportunity to lean in and see their own truth. So that is the first thing we do. And I think we have that opportunity to help our children in that same capacity. The second thing that I tell them is that I help them tap into a space, a play space of infinite possibilities. Because as adults, we get very myopic in terms of what we think is possible 
possible, what, what direction we're going. We get back into that equation of one plus one is two. And we forget that there's all these other ways that we can get there. And we get stuck. We get stuck in our thinking. We get stuck in, I can't do that because I can only see it from the lens I'm currently looking at instead of, I can't do that yet which means, okay, I need somebody else to help me see the blind spots, help me see around the edges. And I think about as parents, we have that opportunity to help our children do that too. How many times do we have a kid go, I can't do that. Mm, you just don't know how yet. So how could we do that? What do you need to know if you can't do that? I mean, think about the way that we could engage with our children at a level that's actually, you know, eye to eye, looking at them, engaging in a way that's drawing them out, that's that's exciting them about things that they want to explore. And I think about we get so hurried or we get so limited in this is the path of how we've got to raise our kids right this is what success looks like and again I, a whole different definition and I'm going to do another podcast on that and I have an interview coming up later today on that um, but when we talk about this idea that there's this prescriptive way that we're supposed to do A plus B plus C plus D plus E equals this. And then we get frustrated when our children don't fit that mold. And I think about they actually are here to create their own path. And if we can be, and I, I love the way that Wayne Dyer used to say this all the time, practice non-interference. And if you've ever seen The Shift, which is one of my absolute favorite movies, hands down, oh my God, it was one of his last contributions on this earth before he passed um, so miss his presence here yet I feel him um, in many many capacities but Wayne talked about and there's a there's a scene where the mother is, is struggling with carrying all of it right the, the amount that we carry sometimes is being the responsible adults and when we're adulting too much and we think we got to tell our kids when they got to eat when they got to do this and when they need to do things and one of the kids sprays Wayne with um, a water gun and Wayne Dyer plays himself in this movie. I, I just love this movie. I cannot recommend it enough. You can get it for free on YouTube. It's two hours long. It will be one of the, the best two hours you spend in your life, I promise you. Um, but the, one of the kids sprays Wayne with the water gun because they're playing and they're just they're just being kids, right? And the mother, of course, is embarrassed and all this shame comes up. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, what? It's water. It's soft. He's like, I have eight kids of my own, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on and he goes... Like there's nothing to be ashamed of or, or to feel embarrassed about. And he says, I like to practice what I call non-interference. And by the way, I can almost quote this movie by heart. I've seen it so many times. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, she goes, oh, I couldn't do that. How nice would that be? And he goes, why can't you? We have, and he says, he goes, kids have their own internal compass. They know when they're hungry. They know when they need this. They know, and when you allow them to start to tap into their own path. I think about, and in fact, going back to my friend Debbie's school, I think about the things that she's teaching her kids. She's teaching them mindfulness and meditation and teaching them stillness and, and a way to learn how to trust and listen to their intuition. They are coming out of her school in, in fifth grade, sixth grade with a higher level of emotional intelligence and leadership than a lot of the people I know, the adults that are out there running businesses and, and some of my clients and, and, and you can, you know, the plethora of people that are out there. And I think about the reason why is because she's teaching them at such a young age to trust themselves. We are not creating conversations or engagement or interaction with our youth 
in a way that sets them up for real success, which when I think about success, I think about it in terms of fulfillment and joy and peace and gratitude. And are you showing up in a way to serve your gifts, to inspire others, to influence and to impact in, in, in a way that only you can do? Like we are all here with great purpose for a reason. And I think about so many missed opportunities. We either do one of two things um, more times than not when it comes to raising kids in our, in our culture. It's, we either give them everything and do everything for them and we overprotect them and put them in these bubbles and we coddle them so that they grow up and they feel entitled and then they can't do things. I actually had a client who wanted me to work with her son who was going to college and he didn't even know how to boil water. Like it was it, the, the fact that I have to, and, and the fact that he didn't think he had to. I mean, I think about, we're not teaching basic life skills sometimes, oftentimes, and then don't understand why we're not having children that step into a place to take responsibility, to take accountability, to take ownership of their life, because we're coddling them and we're putting them in these protective bu bubbles instead of helping them feel confident in being able to navigate their own GPS and their own path in this life. And so I think about questions like, what excites you? What lights you up? What makes you happy? What puts a smile on your face? What makes you sad? What, what do you see that makes you angry? What, what, what do you want to, what are you curious about? What do you dream about? Like, I think about those questions more than what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think about how we get to engage with our kids differently. The second thing that shows up, if it's not the coddling space, is that we leave our kids to their own devices, right? We leave them so by themselves because we are too busy in that ultimate four letter word where we are so crapped up in the caught up in the grind and the wine and the turn and the churn and the burn and the you name it that we don't have time to invest in our kids and so we are just basically abandoning that space where they feel protected to bounce in the edges the thing is is most people don't know how to expand until there's no edges they don't know how to trust their intuition they don't know how to lean in and i think about the work i do the whole you know this whole podcast the work that's that's becoming you know bigger and bigger in this space and the platform of what i'm creating and the things that i'm about to roll out and this whole being aligned as fuck and that ultimate life hack of being connected so connected into yourself and the thing is is we have an opportunity to teach that from early on it requires that we as adults we as parents we as the caregivers we as the, the mentors lean in and invest time to help our youth cultivate that for themselves. The problem is oftentimes they don't feel safe to explore the various aspects of who they are. They don't feel safe in learning how to reset their own compass and, and figure out what due north looks like. Instead, they get shut down at every turn. They either get ignored, they get abandoned, they get left out or they get chastised and punished when they don't fit the mold or the prescription of what we think they should be and how that we think they should they should go about their lives. And so I'm encouraging us to step back and stop trying one to live vicariously through our children. It's amazing to me how many parents I used to coach uh, soccer teams. I was a Girl Scout leader. I have been in multiple capacities. I were I did a violence prevention program uh, up for uh, Milwaukee Public Schools. I have done a school to work program. I have done a junior achievement program. I have worked with kids. I've done big brothers, big sisters. I have done worked with kids in so many capacities. And it's amazing to me how many kids get shut down because they do not fit a mold or they don't fit the prescription of what their parents think they should be because their parents are 
trying to live vicariously through their kids because they are caught up in their own cycles of shame, regret, shooting, um, all of the noise that they're projecting, all of that shit onto their children. And so I'm just going to say that very plainly. A lot of children are coming up in a way that they are being projected on for all of the things that their parents regretted or feel they never got to do uh, for whatever reason, either they didn't feel enough, they didn't have the capabilities, they didn't have the capacity, they didn't have the resources, they didn't have permission, whatever it might be, that they feel that they've got a, 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 a this is their time and they can do it now through their child. And so they put their child into these situations where the child's miserable. And I think about the work that I do in human design. And, you know, I've even leaned into looking at how do you parent the different designs? There's five of them, you know, how do you, how do you parent them differently? Because me, for example, as a manifesting gender, generator, I am here to try things on. I'm actually here to pivot. I'm not here to, to stay with everything that, that excites me in the beginning. And so for example, if I was like, oh, and I did, I wanted to play this instrument or I wanted to do this, that I need room and guidance as a child. I needed to be able to say, I don't want to do this anymore. This doesn't light me up. Instead, what we do is we're like, well, you got to commit, you got to stay with it and not realizing that that's actually goes against the natural way that I'm designed. And then we have other kids that there's different things, right? And so when we can understand that each of us has a path, I mean, we're all here with a great purpose. You are purpose. And when you are in that space to know that you signed a soul contract that isn't like anybody else's, yet you are here to be part of the overall puzzle that is the, you know, great fabric of what we are, we're woven into on this earth, you understand then that each of us has our own compass. And so unless you're going to create space, real space, and patience and compassion and understanding and a container where children can feel safe to lean into exploring that path for themselves, knowing that they're going to have some guidance and they're going to be loved and held through that space. I think about some of the, the marginalized communities, especially the LGBTQ right now, where I think about some of those children who are struggling to be seen and be heard because no one wants to hear something that is so vastly different to what we've been told. And I think about the pain that is carried through the trauma, that then how are we suppressing those children who have something here, they're here to teach us or guide us, or they have a path that is just all their own. And so when we practice what Wayne Dyer says, which is non-interference, when we can get in a space that says, yes, I'm going to protect them on some level. Yes, I'm going to be a guidance and a mentor so that they understand that they have to take accountability and ownership for, you know, what is, is morally right and wrong and, and have a sense of integrity and core values. Like I'm going to help establish that and help create um, a space where they know how to lean into that. And then I'm going to allow them to find their path along the way. And I know for some of you, you'd be like, yeah, that, that that's not going to happen. If I left my kid to his own devices, God knows what he would do. Yeah, God does know what he would do. And that's the point. And the thing is, is we have all this fear. And, and uh, the more adulting we do, the more we put ourselves in a space to adult 24-7 on every level, we forget that there is an ultimate plan that is bigger than us. We forget that our children are not here for us. They are here to activate the work that is their soul contract and why they are on this earth at this time. There is a reason. Now we may, and I, and I say this, and some of you are like, that's great, Candy, you don't have kids. You're right, I don't. I have a, a dog, I have a fur baby who is my child, and that's a whole nother talk I'll talk about. Um, and 
it doesn't matter. There's still an opportunity for us to engage differently as the role models, as the light workers, as the mentors, as the guides for our children, whether you are a parent, a teacher, a mentor, whether you are a thought leader, whether you are a bus driver, whether you are a um, checkout person at the Walmart, we all have opportunity to teach and to model the things that are truly possible and to model spaces that feel safe for each other and for our children. And so I put that responsibility back on all of us. There is an ownership regardless of if you have children or not. So some of you are like, I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about it. Yes, you do. You're still here and your contribution, your living legacy, your way you show up matters. Somebody, there is a child somewhere that is watching each and every one of us. There's a child that admires us. There's a child that sees us and says, that's my light. That's the person I, I, they speak to me. I, I get them. I want to, we have a responsibility. We are all here to serve something. And when we change the quality of our questions and we allow ourselves to invest time and energy and presence with our up and coming generations, and we hand down our stories that aren't the stories of fear, but we hand down our stories of legacy and, and tradition, the traditions that, you know, may serve our cultures. And we open up space to allow them to invite something new to the table. Think about what we could create for future generations. Think about what leadership would look like and feel like as a result. We have a responsibility, each and every one of us, to lean in differently. We have a responsibility to ask ourselves every day, am I showing up from the highest and best way I possibly can? Am I giving the best of myself? Am I giving my best in this moment, whatever that might be? And again, that changes from time to time. And am I showing up from a place of service? Am I showing up from a place to lead from love with love in whatever capacity I am? And it means even in how I engage with my children or other people's children, or the world's children. Because when we change the question, when we lean in from a different perspective, when we allow there to be space for our children to be seen and fully heard, I just think about how expansive, how beautiful, and how opening that path gets to be. There are things, there's reasons that the next generation has the energy that they have. They're bringing something different to the table. And I look at it as such an opportunity. I love one of my favorite things. And I have to laugh because when I was in corporate, we'd have all our you know holiday parties or summer picnics or whatever we do. And people would always say to me, they're like, you spend more time with, excuse me, it's more time with the kids then you spend with the adults. And I'm like, because in my opinion, the kids are far more fascinating. The, the adults sit around and have these surface level conversation or it's it's one of a couple of things. It's either the surface level shallow conversation that's like has zero depth to it. Or it's this constant, you know, throwdown of who's is bigger because it's all this competition of my life is this, your life is this. And most of it is around the how busy we are or how much I accomplished or how much crap I got done or how much shit I can push through on a given day. Like those conversations never have appealed to me. And so I would sit down with the kids and get on the floor and play. And I would walk away just inspired and energized. And I would feel alive and awakened and vibrant. 
because I still remember I had a group of students when I was back in grad school, one of my grad attempts at grad school before I finally finished with my MBA. And I was running the rapid prototyping lab. And uh, I used to run, or I was one of the leaders in the rapid prototyping lab. I started our newsletter for our consortium. I was running the stereolithography machine. But anyway, I had a group of students that came in. And it was interesting because when they first came in, they were so stoic. And it was like the end of the year. It was like May that they came in and do this tour with me, which I get super excited. It was this like group of fifth graders, right? And they were really stoic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids have no energy. And their, their teacher, I mean, with all love and respect, looked like she was about 300 years old. And um, just this really like robotic way they were coming in. It was very stoic. It was just heartbreaking. And so I got into a space. I'm like, so, you know, tell me, tell me what excites you. Like, tell me what you dream about. And I asked some of these questions and one of the little girls said, well, I always wanted to be, and I think she said she wanted to be a weather person and something, I don't know. It, it was like bringing two weird things together that you would never say. And she's like, I was told I can't. And I was like, oh, we're not playing this game. And so I did the little, I said, you know what I hear? And so I just leaned right in with these kids. And I was just kind of like, you know what I, what I, what I envision, what I see when people tell me I can't, I see that little smiley face, you know, thing. And this is before we had emoticons and all that stuff that are out there. But I said, I see the little smiley face with the glove fingers and he puts his fingers in my ear. And all I hear is la, 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 I can't hear you. Whenever anybody tells me I can't, the first thing my brain does is go, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. And so of course these kids start laughing and they start like playing in. I'm like, so if you, you didn't listen to what everybody said, you can't, what would, what would you do? Like, what would you play with? What would you like explore? What would you, and these kids started lighting, like just questions and firing and all these ideas. And it was just incredible. And one of the kids is like, can you make money on the machine? I said, no, but God, that would be really cool. Isn't it? And we just got into this whole conversation and they were like all lit up and they were engaged. And I was so excited until the teacher at the end made a comment to me and it literally broke my heart. She said, how did you do that? And I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, I've never seen, now mind you, this was May. She's had these kids all year long. And I get, we have a school system that is broken. We have a school system that needs to be changed. Teachers are tired. And I mean, this was what, 20 years ago. I mean, I get that and, and. She said, I've never seen my kids so alive and energized like that before. Oh, oh, I don't know about you, but that just guts me. What? Like, th that's the first time you've ever seen a spark? You've been teaching these kids for a year and this is the first time you've seen them light up? What? come on, y'all, we are missing the boat. And I don't say this to call out that leader. Like I said, I, I, that teacher, I get she's tired. I get there's a system of bureaucracy and red tape and posturing and politics and all this shit. And y'all, we got a responsibility. We have got to do different. We can't have our kids be in a space for nine months where they're not being able to be activated in a way that lights them up. That like, brings in the life force itself and like energizes them. Again, I think about my friend Debbie school and I walk in and there is just an energy and a vibrancy. And these kids are just popping ideas constantly. It's like a little think tank. It's actually, that's exactly what it is. It's this think tank, this heart tank. It's just this, oh, this play space. 
of creativity and innovation. And I think about, we spend so much time teaching kids to color inside the lines and, oh my God, you gotta like bring it in and here's the perspective. And then we, as adults are trying, we spend so much money. I think about all the people that bring me in to help their damn team learn how to color outside the lines. Think outside the box. Seriously, now mind you, I got a job for eternity. I would love, I welcome the day where the work I do gets to move into a completely different space. And it is in some cases. And usually the foundation level work is how do we get my team to think outside of the box? How do we get my team to think at all? How do we get my team activated? I mean, the first question I ask in every engagement is how on a scale of one to 10, how vibrant, alive, energized, engaged, and present are you right now in your life on average in your life? It's amazing how many people are a four or below. There are people at a two. They're showing up every day as a two in the vibrancy scale. Imagine what they're putting into the world. A lot of crap and negativity, and it's not necessarily their fault. Now, there's an ownership. We have collectively created this space where it's okay to just show up and be like, meh, meh, my life, it sucks. This is why I'm checked out. Imagine if we created spaces with our children so that they knew how to activate that creativity and innovation. And they were in a space where they could be seen and heard and they could be in a, empowered to feel the truth of who they were and just show up and, 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 and be activated and, and lit up in that space versus asking them questions that shut them down, which is, what do you want to be when you grow up? So again, that is my little soapbox sermon for today. I felt like it needed a part two. <laughs> um, I think there's different questions we can ask. I think we have a responsibility to start asking different questions. I think we need to do that with our people in general and our teams. I think about HR who probably has a lot of nightmares when I'm like, these are the questions we need to ask your team. And they're like, we don't do that. That's not, that's against HR policies. Yeah. Well, you need to start asking people how they feel. You need to start asking people what feels fulfilling. You need to start asking people what they need. How are they spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically? And we're going to talk about real wealth in another episode as well. We have a responsibility to lean in as leaders differently. We have a responsibility to become aligned with who we are and stand in our truth and offer spaces and containers to let others do the same. So with that, this is Candy. I hope, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think about um, this idea, this notion. Um, as for me, it really, it really hits me. It hits me in my heart. When I hear a teacher say to me, man, I've never seen my kids alive like that. And I think about how many parents and teachers and managers, and I think about how many people say that about the people they're around every day. They're like, I haven't seen a light in my team. I haven't seen a light in my kids. I haven't seen, God, I don't know about you, but that makes me want to step forward and say, all right, God, it's time for a wake up call. Y'all, it is time. It is time for us to do something differently. And it starts with asking questions that allow room for connection and real communication. And oftentimes they're coming from a higher consciousness, higher elevation and a higher level of leadership. So I encourage you to change the questions you're asking, to invest some time 
And it's interesting because I tell a lot of my clients when we do this work and we, we lean into these different tools and resources, I'm like, do them with your kids. I have so many amazing pictures and testimonials and messages from people who will share with me the power of doing journaling with their kids or creating vision boards or having a different kind of conversation. You can't put any value on that. It's priceless. And so I hope you will consider investing more in that space yourself. I'll catch you on the next episode. See you next time. Well, all right, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can also find me out in the socials. In the meantime, remember, say yes to yourself, destroy the noise getting in your way and live your life aligned as fuck. This is Candy Barone and I will catch you next time.